Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. Welcome back to the show dedicated to bringing you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. Yes, it's the J-Mac Tries podcast. And yes, it's your host, J-Mac. Hope everybody's doing great. Thank you so much for the follows, the shares, the likes, and the five stars. I truly appreciate it. Um, This is just a fun ride we're going on. And uh, really excited to bring you today's guest, as always. Always excited to bring you the guest, but today is another great one. She is first-year professional triathlete Maddie Pesh. Yes, Maddie went out to USAT uh, Age Group National Championships the past five years and kicked some serious ass. She's a collegiate swimmer and in her spare time started doing some triathlons. So she just started competing at USAT Nationals every year and got progressively better until last year. She won her whole damn age group, first female overall, 20 to 24 age group by two minutes, and that earned her her pro card. So after having a lengthy conversation with her coach, Siri Lindley, yes, the famous Siri Lindley, who has coached many, many Ironman world champions, um and has been coaching Maddie for the past year, she decided to, uh, to turn pro. And she was no slouch in college. She was a, a great collegiate swimmer. She was a double major. She had a great career ahead of her and decided to kind of take a different route and go the, uh, the road of the path of triathlon, actually kind of hoping she'd be able to swim less. But she found she had to swim a lot more and not only become a faster swimmer, but also figure out this whole indoor training thing on the bike, living in Wisconsin, and putting some miles on her legs on the running side as well. So this is a great conversation about what it takes to go from collegiate swimmer to professional triathlete. The cool part about our conversation was we didn't talk a lot about the training because, as she said, she's a very self-motivated person, especially when it comes to training. Um, You know, being a collegiate swimmer, it's just you in that black line doing thousands and thousands of yards. So you had to be just self-motivated. But for her, it was more of the mental game. And we talk a lot about how Siri pushed her um, to get stronger mentally. Obviously, there's the physical component, but it made her more of a, a, a mentally stronger person, mentally stronger racer. And it actually paid dividends uh, again not only winning her age group at USAT Nationals but going to Worlds that year and being the second um, USA member overall and then going out at the beginning of this year and winning her first 70.3 race as a pro. So really excited to have the opportunity to sit down and talk to Maddie 
I'm excited for what 2018 in the future brings for her. She is racing up next in St. Anthony's next month. So that'll be her first true test as she puts it with a really kick-ass pro field. So excited to see how she does down there. And she's going to focus kind of back and forth between Olympic and 70.3 distance. So we'll see how this goes for Maddie. So you can find Maddie on Instagram at Pesh. Maddie Try, and she is coached by Siri Lindley. So big shout out to Siri because we talk about Siri a lot in this conversation. And as always, I'm your host, J-Mac. You know how to find me, J-Mac underscore tries. Enough about me. Without further ado, Maddie Pesh. Hello, Maddie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, coming on my show. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, good. Well, I'm just as excited to have you on here because, I, as I was saying before, selfishly, I can't wait to hear your whole story. So uh, <laughs> that's the great thing about my show. I just find people I want to hear their story. So, uh, so thank you again. Yeah, I can't wait. So we were chatting a little bit, and I, I said it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but um, you said definitely yes, that Wisconsin is actually a pretty big triathlon area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have the Ironman Wisconsin race here every year in September and uh, Wisconsin 70.3 in June. So there's quite a few triathletes here with um, local clubs and also being able to connect with the Chicago being nearby and everything. I just moved to Wisconsin last summer, but I was very surprised actually to see the vibrancy of the community here. It's, it's awesome. What, what drew you to Wisconsin? Cause you're originally from Iowa. Yeah, I'm actually from Minnesota, oh. <laughs> but I went to school in Iowa. Um, after I graduated college at Grinnell College in Iowa. I spent a year out in Seattle. I wanted to try something different. And I love Seattle. It was gorgeous just being out there, um, being able to train. Of course, it was very rainy in the winter, Right. I, I admit, but the summer was perfect training weather. But I knew I wanted to get back to the Midwest. Um, my my boyfriend and I are both from here, so uh, being on the West Coast uh, was a little bit away from home, yep. so we both wanted to find a place in the Midwest, and Madison is a great town, kind of a mid-sized city, um, so we decided to move here, and I like, um, I really like being here a little bit closer to my family, but also experiencing a new place. And so you moved there after college? Yeah, just this past summer. Okay, so so you just graduated? No, I graduated a year before that, then spent a year in Seattle, and then came to Madison. Gotcha. Okay, and then, so I was, you know, as I was kind of looking at your background leading up to our conversation, um, you, it, it, so you're a you're a collegiate swimmer. Is that your background that got into triathlon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of, I always wanted to do triathlon as I was a swimmer growing up, but, um, when you're a kid, there's a lot of pressure to, once you start getting into high school to do that club swimming year round. So 
once I was about 16 or so, I started doing that full-time preparing for college um, and then swam division three at Grinnell. But I always wanted to get into triathlon. Um, I really have always enjoyed running. Um, And it was actually my college swim coach who encouraged me to the sport because I was a little bit burned out swimming year round and I needed something else to do in the off season. So she suggested running and biking and we had, we already had a little, uh, unofficial sprint triathlon that the swim team put on every year as a community service event. So Mm -hmm. I did that. I just absolutely had a blast. Um, It was really hard, but I wanted more. So I decided to sign up for Olympic distance triathlon. It was the perfect off season training. A couple team swimming teammates and I trained for it together and did it in the summer. So it was a really big bonding experience. And I kind of just fell in love with the sport and kept moving forward from there throughout college. And so I'm, I'm, I wrote down, I was looking at some of your past races. What year did you, what year was, did you go into college or what year did you start college? Mm -hmm. My first triathlon was the summer after my freshman year of college. Okay. 2013. Okay, so that was, and I'm just gonna, I'm totally just looking at your times mm-hmm. right here. So um, you did uh, you did age group nationals in Milwaukee, and you were 30th in your age group with a time of 230. Yeah, that's right. And then you went back, then you went back the following year, and you went down to 223. Mm-hmm. Um, then you kind of hung in the same area to 224, mm-hmm. and then. Then you went 229, but your placing started getting better. So I was different. These are all three different courses. So the time is kind of almost irrelevant because your placing got better. Yeah. And then, right. So in 2016, you were eighth. And then last year, and this is kind of where I found you, you were, um, you won your age group. Yeah. So the, the past two years, the race was in Omaha. Um, the previous three right. years, it was in Milwaukee. Okay. So that was that new course. Gotcha. And did one course suit you better or did you just keep training to get faster? Well, the biggest thing that changed was that I never had a coach until this past season. So once I graduated from college, um, I wasn't really sure if I was going to continue triathlon. Um, I really wanted to, but I felt a lot of I was planning to move forward with my career. Um, My original Mm -hmm. plan was to pretty much go to medical school, take a short break, and then go to medical school right away. Um, And so I didn't really know how triathlon fit into all of that. Uh, (laughs) It probably doesn't. (laughs) Exactly. You know, once you sort of go back to school, um, it's very intense. I knew I wouldn't be able to... um, train at the the same level so I really wanted to push it a little bit more and see um how I could go with it and um that's the point where I started working with Siri Lindley yep so um I got connected with her through um 
a friend of mine. And um, so that was really the point that allowed me to focus on triathlon and move forward with it. And um, so in doing that, it just totally changed the whole way I trained because I, I did a lot of my coaching work on my own. Like I'm, I'm very self-motivated and I would get myself to the, to the pool on the long rides. Um, I was doing it to the best of my knowledge, but I think the biggest things for me was I was in a little bit of a slump mentally. Um, I didn't really believe that I could improve beyond the level I was currently at. I didn't really see anything beyond that. And then secondly, um, kind of ties into the mental aspect, but I struggled with the ups and downs of the training. If I felt like Mm -hmm. I was really on my path and I was sticking to my plan that I had set out for myself, I felt really great. But when I hit a roadblock, like an injury or my schedule got more busy, it was tough for me to know how to deal with all that stuff. So I really was at a point where I either needed to take the sport more casually or I needed to go for it and find a coach. And I think um, for me, just being able to go into it with, with, all my heart has been the right decision. Yeah. I mean, cause it sounds like, so while you were in school and you were um, training on your own and you were, and I'm just using one race, age group nationals. I mean, your time was dropping your a little bit, your placing was getting better, but when you put 110% into it, so 2016, your time uh, in Omaha was a 229. Mm-hmm. Then last year you did a 214, same course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that I mean, you dropped fifteen second, uh, fifteen minutes in an Olympic distance. Yeah, try that is crazy, crazy. Yeah, because it wasn't like you were slow before. I mean, you were doing well before. So obviously, some of it was, you know, just training a little differently. But how much of it you think was mental? How much do you think Siri helped you on the mental side of it? Um, she's helped me so much. I mean, with starting out, um, of course, in the physical part, um, I hadn't really done any formal cycling or running training. So, um, of course that's a huge part of it, but on the mental side of things, um, a series framework has helped me learn how to capitalize and perform on race day. So I've always been, pretty good at getting through the training. Like I said, um, I don't struggle so much with self motivation, but I did struggle with self doubt. And so being able to translate that hard work under the pressure of a race situation, that was something I didn't quite get. So a lot of times I would, I would love the training. I would love doing all of that. And then I would show up to race day and I would just be very uh, nervous the whole time. You know, I'd be nervous that something would go wrong on the bike. I'd be questioning my preparation. Um, And so even though I did perform really well, I wasn't necessarily enjoying it. I didn't enjoy the races as much as I enjoyed the training. Um, 
And so was it more? Because, yeah. Let me stop you right there. Was it more because you thought stuff could go wrong and you were putting so much into like if something goes wrong on a training run, it doesn't matter. You have the next day, but in a race, right, you throw everything into it. And if something goes wrong, you're kind of done until the next race. Yeah, I think I thought a little bit of that. A, a lot of times I would be a too attached to my performance. If I, if I got out on the swim and it wasn't the time I wanted, um, that would kind of set my mood for how the rest of the race was going to be. Or I, on the bike, all I would be thinking about was getting to the run um, and what that was going to be like. Um, and I'd focus on the people around me. So I, I had a feeling of, um, you know, getting nervous about the other competitors and what they were doing. Um, and so what I was really able to do was instead focus on myself and learn to build confidence in myself, um, both through the training sessions and through, um, I guess, seeing the larger picture of why I was doing the sport. So I started realizing, thinking about the true reasons why I was doing the sport, why I loved it, and seeing race day not as a test of what I had done, but as an opportunity to show how hard I could work. So I think then the final result became less important because even under really high pressure situations like nationals or the world championships, I was still a little bit nervous, but um, I just had the mindset of going out and doing the best that I could in every moment. And so once I knew that I was always doing my best, um, it took a lot of the pressure off for me because um, if I did my best, I knew I could be proud of that regardless of the result. And that was something I had a really hard time connecting with in previous seasons. And was that, I mean, did you struggle with that as well in swimming or was that once you started doing triathlons? Yeah, I definitely struggled with that in swimming. Um, swimming, I, I actually feel, I, I enjoy triathlon even more so than I did swimming, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think that if I could go back with what I've learned now in swimming, I would um, be able to apply that to sw- the sport of swimming as well. But I think when I was swimming, um, sometimes, you know, in swimming, what we do is you train all season and then you really have your one championship meet that you're training for, similar to triathlon having an A race. But in swimming, your race is is over in a minute or two minutes. I mean, I swam breaststroke. So I was either swimming the 100 or 200 breaststroke. And um, sometimes I would do really well. But other times um, I would start feeling that pressure of the entire season of work. And it all comes down to a minute of racing. Right. Which could be, which could be, um, ex, you know, the difference between first and fourth is could be half a second. Yeah, exactly. So I do think that, um, that same mentality of the pressure that I felt in those swimming races, I think I was also applying it to triathlon races. And, um, now I've been 
able to work through it in recent years. Um, and I think I, if I did go back to competitive swimming, um, I would be able to apply those same lessons. But I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to continue um, this athletic pursuit beyond college. Because when I graduated from college, I kind of thought that was it, that I had reached my potential. And now um, I've realized that I can make sport into a lifelong thing, um, regardless of what level I continue to pursue it at, but that there can always be those mental lessons that you're learning, those ways that you're growing, um, both in your approach to it and the physical side of things, the training. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of, let's put a, let's talk about that for a second. So you mentioned before, one of the things you, that Siri helped you with was grasping, you know, the bigger picture of why you got into triathlon. And um, obviously you have some short-term goals, but it sounds like this is more of a big picture for you, more of a longer term opportunity that you want to stay involved with the sport in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know, so you, so after you um, finished first in your age group at nationals, you went overseas and you swam in worlds Mm -hmm. and uh, you did very well over there. You came in, uh, let's see, second or 10th overall, second overall American um, Mm -hmm. with another crazy time of 210.55. Is that when you decided to turn pro or did you turn pro before then? Yeah, so um, placing in the top 10 at Worlds and um, then my my rankings from Worlds and Nationals, those were the two ways that I qualified for my pro card. So then um, I, I talked with Siri after that and, um, you know, I, I decided that I wanted to go for it to see what I could do. Um, and I think that the lessons that I learned to apply as an age grouper are the same things that I will continue forward, that I will continue to use as I move forward, um, just on a new platform. So even though um, racing professionally is definitely a step up, um, I just am continuing to apply those same lessons of growing, um, worrying about yourself and staying in the moment. And I think that those lessons can really apply to any level of competition. So um, that's the trajectory. And it, so it sounds like, you know, it sounds like your training really hasn't. So in the past year, so since I started working with Siri, your training probably hasn't changed that dramatically from a grouper to pro or is it is it ramping up even more now as a pro oh well I would say um yeah so the the training with Siri at this point um of course it's um it we just continue from whatever level I'm at right now just continuing to keep pushing me forward um but the my training has certainly changed um from a year ago when I first started um working with Siri as my first coach. So before that, um, I, I was really struggling with swimming. I was, I was very burnt out of swimming. So 
I was trying to swim as little as possible <laughs> to improve in triathlon. And I know I'm not alone in doing that, but you, you wanted to avoid that black line that you just stare at for hours. <laughs> hours. Yeah. And I'd done that for many years. So <laughs> exactly. Um, I was, that, that was a big part of um, what I had to decide to uh, challenge myself in committing to triathlon because um, I thought I was committing to a new sport that wasn't swimming, but it turns out that triathlon is swimming all the time. So, and I had to, I, I had to start believing in myself that I could get even better at swimming than I was in college. And I think um, that was really hard for me because when I graduated, I thought that was the peak of my ability. So, um, continuing to swim, um, I really feel like I've embraced that and I love swimming again. Um, and then just being able to run and cycle, uh, a year ago, I'd never been on a bike trainer before. So I had no idea what a turbo training session was. I had no idea about cadence, um, really no idea how to structure a bike workout other than go out and ride. Right. So um, that was a big change for me as well as on the runs. Um, being a swimmer, I didn't really know how to push myself on the run. Um, I would always start having problems with shin splints and it was difficult for me to move forward. So just being able to dig into that running training and trust that my body can handle it um, has been also a good step for me to take. Yeah. And running is one of those things where, you know, you kind of have to do it for a while to build up the, the tendons and ligaments getting stronger. Have you struggled with that mm -hmm. at all? You mentioned shin splints, but is, have you struggled with that side of the, the, the running? Yeah, I do have some injuries on and off. Um, but that, that has also been a really big transition for me is sort of recognizing how to take care of my body better, um, really making recovery a part of my routine. Um, I never really realized how much that could pay off, but now I really make sure to do a good job of listening to my body. So I have had, you know, some injuries, but I try to, as soon as something comes up, I just try to back off. And that's actually what I really love about triathlon is that whenever there's, there's an injury for me, most of the time it's, it's with running. I can't run for a little while. Um, but I love that I still have cycling and swimming to do. So I really don't feel like I miss a beat. I just substitute in what I can do for what I can't do. That's great. Um, you know, and I think that's something it's funny. So you're, I've had a few pros here on my show and just, I love listening to you guys because you look at it from a different mindset as an age group or, you know, if we get hurt on the run, we're like, screw it. I'm going out tomorrow. I'm going to keep running. I'm going to run through it. But I think that's the biggest lesson we could all learn from, from you guys as pros is when to back off, when to take it easy, um, recovery, how much of a key that is as well. Uh, I was looking at one of your posts. You were in love with your foam roller. So it seems like you spent <laughs> a lot of time there. <laughs> yeah, I tried to. 
I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I have to work at. Um, I mean, when you finish a session, the last thing you want to do is keep, keep doing stuff. You know, you just kind of want to crash and be done, but, um, taking that time to warm down, roll out the muscles, um, doing all those things that are maybe not going to feel great in the moment, but will pay off the next day. Um, that was a big lesson for me to learn and I'm still learning it. And how, and this is great because, you know, as a, as a first year pro, this is some great tips that you're probably, you've learned and you're slowly learning and we're or all able to learn from. How about nutrition wise? Anything you've done differently now than you were doing three or four years ago, especially during swimming? Yeah. Um, I would just say the biggest thing for me is um, learning to be consistent in my nutrition. So um, I've been learning that ever since I was in high school swimming. But um, I think for me, just recognizing what foods work for me um, has been a big process. Um, I really try to stay away from anything that is super regimented. Um, because I don't think that's really good for my mental health. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I love chocolate. That's one of my favorite foods. So I don't count out, I don't have any foods that I ban from my life, but I also stick to a pretty good routine. I just make sure that I'm eating, um, what's going to make me feel good in my workouts. Um, I don't, eat a lot of food that isn't going to make me feel good in my workouts. And it's not because I'm telling myself that I can't have it, but it's mostly because um, I want to feel good in my training. And I've sort of realized what works for me. And that's what my body ends up wanting the most. So yeah, looking at food as fuel versus, um, you know, just a comfort thing, except for chocolate. So <laughs> definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of realized um, that food and hydration, um, you can, if, if you don't work with them, you're not going to have a good session. Um, so if I'm going to have a bad session, I want it to be for a different reason than just because I didn't eat enough, you know, right. I want it to, I want to always have set my body up in the best possible way to do what I can on that day. And do you feel like when you were in college and you were swimming, you know, tens of thousands of yards um, a week that you were just eating everything and anything, or did you always kind of look at food the same way? Um, I think in college, there just were not as many um, options available to me. Um, I, I ate in the dining hall and we did have a very good dining hall, um, not the horror stories of some universities, <laughs> right. I know. But um, I think there weren't always choices of what exactly I wanted to eat. Like, for example, um, at swim meets, we always had our certain team food. And of course, they made sure that we were going to be fueled and everything. But it wasn't always necessarily what personally worked for me. So now I've... Um, sort of worked with that a little bit more to make sure that if I'm going to be on the road, if I'm going to be in circumstances other than what I would normally prepare at home, um, I really take sure, take, I'm sure, I really make sure that I have 
with me um, food that's still going to sustain me in that way. So I think it's been a lot more that I've been able to take the time to focus on the details rather than have a whole revamping of my diet or anything like that. Okay. Now this is your, so 2018, you just did your first race as a pro at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I was not racing against a pro field in my first race. Okay. Um, I do have my pro card, but, um, but you still, you still won the whole damn race. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So my race in January, that was actually my first 70.3. Wow. Um, so I am really excited to now have two different distances that I can focus on. Um, and so I, I sort of wanted to have a race in the off season that would be a way for me to try out that new distance, see what it was like and have that experience before getting into my main race season. And um, I really enjoyed it because um, competing in the new distance was a way for me to, to show myself um, my strength. Um, I'd never done, I'd never ran a half marathon before. So I was a little bit, concerned about that but I just showed myself that I could do it and so I think just overcoming those personal barriers again are sort of the biggest obstacles you have to face and um, although it was a new distance um, I had practice with facing my fear in the Olympic distance so I just tried to translate that to the new distance as well. So I'm excited to be able to try that out more in the upcoming season. So what? Is, so 2018 is you're going to jump back and forth between Olympic and 70.3 distance. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. So what's the next race for you on the calendar? I'm racing St. Anthony's at the end of April, and I'm super excited for that race. Um, so that will be my first pro race. Um, and I'm very exciting, excited. The community seems really welcoming. Yeah, and that's usually a legit field, too. You're going to get some fast people on there, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it'll be exciting to race against the highest competition. That's awesome. Um, so you kind of, so as, as we're wrapping this up, you still, you answered my final question that I always ask people. Um, but I want to kind of just go back to a little bit. And my, the question I always ask at the end is knowing what you know now, if you go back to your training, whether it's in the pool or triathlon, um, and give yourself then one piece of advice that you know now, what would it be? And do you think it would be on focusing on the mental side of it versus the physical? Yeah, I think, um, well, let me think about it a little bit. <laughs> I didn't want to answer it for you because, but you kind of said it before when we were chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, so yeah, so there you go. Brand new question. If you go back to your very first day of training, knowing everything you know now as being a pro and everything else, what would you, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Well, I definitely think that I would just ask myself to always believe in myself and always have confidence. Um, I think that's been a big part of the lessons that 
I've learned this year, but that's something that I always struggled with in swimming. You know, I really wanted to be competitive. I really wanted to be the best, but I, I didn't really have good channels for those desires. So, um, you know, it, it manifested in having quite a lot of motivation, but I would focus on other people and what they were doing, um, instead of worrying about myself. Um, and I would get discouraged by injuries. I would worry about, um, if I actually had it in me, um, compared to what other people had. And so, um, I think just knowing that there's always more inside of you than you have in the present moment. And there's always a way to move forward. Um, that's something that I truly believe now. And I truly believe that there's always another level to move towards. So I think if I would go back and talk to myself back then, um, I would want myself to start truly believing that and to build confidence in myself. Do you, do you think you kind of left some opportunities out there in swimming that you're trying to make up for now? Um, a little bit. So I always really appreciated my college swim coach. Um, her name's Erin Hurley, but she always told me um, if I would start to feel the pressure of the end of the season and everything, she would tell me, you know, if you have – if your last race, if you don't swim the time you want to swim, is that a complete waste of your season? And when she said that to me, I'd always say, no, of course not. Of course, that's not a complete right. waste of the season. And then she'd say, okay, well, then all you can do is you can do every possible thing that is going to set yourself up to have a great end of the season. And then no matter the final result, um, you'll know that you did the best that you could. And I think um, I really appreciate that advice. I think back then it was hard for me to put it into practice. And so now that I am able to, to see more of that and I've been um, putting that into practice through triathlon, that's definitely um, part of why I'm really grateful for the opportunity to continue sport because it's just another opportunity to put anything that I left on unfinished back then. Um, there's always more opportunities now. And that's not something I could see back then. But now I see it going forward. Yeah, it's kind of funny as we get older, we, we realize these things. But it takes us, you know, being younger and immature to, to figure that <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. But it sounds like you have a huge, huge, huge road ahead of you. Um, I mean, you made great strides, obviously, college and then your first year, um, you know, up through age groups and then or nationals and now as a pro. So uh, I'm excited to see where you take this thing the next. I don't know. Is this a, a longer term commitment for you? I mean, can you see yourself being pro for the I don't want to put a number on it, but is this what you're focused on for the next couple of years? Yeah, I would love that. Um, a big part of what I've learned is to just take everything um, one step at a time. So like I said, when I graduated college, I had all of these timelines for how my life was going to be and how it was going to work out. But triathlon has really made me live in the moment more 
And so I just kind of move forward. I try to be the happiest that I can each day and somehow the plans just fall together that way. So triathlon is something that I really love right now and I'd love to keep seeing where I can go with it. Um, and once I move on, then all the lessons I learned in the sport, um, I'll carry with me the rest of my life too. So I know that it'll all pay off for however long I can go. Well, listen, Maddie, you're, um, I mean, this has just been a fun conversation. So you're on Instagram, you are, uh, at Pesh Maddie tribe. Yes. And, um, I enjoy following you. You're also an ambassador for USA triathlon. I am. Yes. I love that doing that. Oh my, I mean, I, I can see why they chose you. You're just, I mean, you're a great ambassador for our sport and, um, I think they did a great job in, in finding you and vice versa. Um, I have to laugh. Did, so you just, you mentioned you're not a big fan of the trainer. Did, did I see you, you just did a five hour training ride the other day? Oh, it was five, five hour training day. I did, I did four hours on the oh, trainer. Oh, okay. I was like, holy crap, that's a long time to, to be on the trainer. That's something you hate. No, so. I actually, I, I do embrace the trainer. Um, okay. I'm fine with it, but it's, it's been a process and I'm definitely eager to go outside. I'm not going to deny that. You got you got to get on Zwift, like I said. There's, I um, do. There's a lot more, you know. And I, like the, the, one of the guys on my show, and, and it'll be dropped by the time this one comes out there. But I've just noticed a lot more pros around there now, and it becomes this. It's just you know, being on the trainer is mind numbing. So to find mm-hmm. something to take your mind off it makes it that much more interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I do start- have access to those programs at work. It's nice to work at a a bike store. You can use all that software. Um, at the store so that's great and don't forget to plug in the podcast and listen to that well as well so definitely <laughs> all right maddie listen i uh, i truly appreciate your time um congratulations on everything up to this point and i'm excited to to see where this season and your career takes you and especially next month at saint anthony's so again maddie pesh uh, at pesh maddie try Thank you so much for coming on my show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Appreciate it. Anytime. You're welcome back, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Hell yeah. Maddie Pesh on the J-Mac Tries podcast. Truly appreciate her coming on. Fun conversation, just talking about all things triathlon, especially as a first-year pro, and especially focusing on the mental side of our sport, which I thought was really cool and didn't realize we're going to spend that much time talking about the mental side, but I'm glad we did because it's an area that is often overlooked, and it takes a great coach like Siri Lindley to really get people focused on what they can achieve. So again, thank you, Maddie, for uh, coming on my show. You can find her on Instagram. She is Pesh Maddie Try. Um, follow her. She's racing St. Anthony's in a couple weeks. So we'll see how she does against Kick-Ass Pro Field. And looking forward to seeing how she does in the future of triathlon. Um, I think she is someone we need to keep an eye on. And I'm really excited that I got her on my show now. And as always, thank you to my listeners for tuning in, for subscribing on iTunes for liking me on Instagram, for giving me the five stars, for sharing with your friends, family, and relatives. And uh, that's all I have for you today. Until next Tuesday, this is J-Mac. This is the J-Mac Tries podcast. Talk to you soon.